You know, being a startup founder or a startup leader can be like you're on a roller coaster. Lots of ups and downs and it's just a crazy, crazy ride. I had Sansi Perez on the show. She's amazing. She's a great founder. She's over at Koala. They're doing a lot of awesome things that are helping to kind of flatten out that ride, keep it going up the way you want your career, your, your company to be going. And so I think you're going to like a lot of the advice that she gives. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Yes, I am Matt. Welcome to Sastery in the Making. Thank you for coming. I'm really, really glad that you're here. And I'm super delighted to introduce you to my special guest, Sansi. Sansi, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastically well. Thank you. I love the energy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I try to bring it. <laughs> and it's crazy <laughs> that I don't drink any ca caffeine, no coffee, no soda. Uh, I'm naturally crazy. But uh, <laughs> it's just so impressive. I mean, we need that energy in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And after this, I'll go take a nap. But uh, <laughs> Sansi, let me tell everybody about you and what you're doing. Sansi, she's uh, amazing. She's the CRO and co-founder of Koala. It's really the only frontline intelligence platform that qualifies, or I should say quantifies what customers say, what teams hear, and you know what customers do to make back-end or data-backed decisions for product roadmaps and customer strategies. Super, super cool. I went through this, this website and what they're doing. It's really amazing. I can't wait to dive into it. And really what Koala does, it makes sense of messy, qualitative customer data to inform business decisions and trigger customer workflows. So great stuff they're doing there. Formerly also, she was the co-founder and head of customer success at Promobox, where you know they scaled the first marketing technology platform connecting manufacturing brands with their independent retailers. So when it comes to growth, when it comes to intelligence, Sansi knows what she's talking about. Once again, Sansi, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to dive in and share some of my experiences and hopefully hear some of yours too. Oh, awesome. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. But before we do all that, just tell me what's going on with you lately and what's coming up. Yeah. I mean, here at Koala, it's a pretty exciting time for us. Um, you shared a little bit about what we're up to. We're maybe three years into our journey, venture-backed startup based in Boston. And uh, it's a, a fantastic roller coaster ride. I mean, many of the listeners out there know what it's like to start something completely from scratch and build it and nurture it and see it grow. And it really takes an entire community to build a company. So I'm really grateful to be here in Boston. It's a fantastic startup ecosystem full of people that are just here to help, help founders, help entrepreneurs. And uh, it's been a wild, fun journey. I, Promobox, my company before Koala, was also based in Boston. So I definitely have my, my deep roots here in this city. Um, and, you know, a Koala, just a quick background on us. Um, we know that making data-backed decisions is incredibly important for companies, um, except unfortunately, 80% of that data is qualitative in nature. It's really, really messy, and it's streaming in from all of the different interactions that we have with prospects and customers um, and our team members. So we're really excited to be able to attack this rich intelligence, uh, intelligence stream and uh, help companies make better strategic decisions as a result of the direct interactions that they're having. 
I love it. And it's super necessary. I actually just did a YouTube episode on this. And by the way, uh, if you don't subscribe to me on YouTube, for all you out there, please go do it because I put out a lot of awesome tips and advice on the channel to make sure that you can scale your company. But I spoke about that exact thing. I spoke about the fact that a lot of times in software companies, we might hear from one customer, one conversation tells us that they want this or they want that. And we're like, oh, we better go build it. This is especially the case when you have the leaders of the company doing some of the sales, especially early on. And they think, mm -hmm. oh no, this customer says they want that. I should go build that. I want to take care of them. It's great that you want to help out your market and your customers, but guess what? They may be the only person asking for that. And that mm. might not actually be something. So I love that you guys are making this more quantitative. You're able mm -hmm. to be able to round it up because I think it's super important and, and something that a lot of companies are missing out on, right? Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for mentioning it. You really hit the nail on the head. I mean, for those of us on the front lines, and I've spent my entire career on the front lines interacting with prospects and customers day in and day out, sometimes when we're thinking about the next feature or solution or what the product, product roadmap should look like, we are just thinking about the last handful of conversations that we had over that week. It's really difficult for us to reach back into historical qualitative data um, and, and understand, okay, overall, what should we be focused on as a result of the mass of all of our conversations and not just the ones that we had over the last few days? And I myself am very guilty of over-indexing, of course, with certain customers or over-indexing on uh, usage telemetry, just focused on how customers are using products and services. But it's the why behind the what, and it is the real-time collection of that data on an ongoing basis that can be so pivotal pivotal for our businesses. So yeah, it's a pretty exciting space to be in. Yeah, I would say that's pretty amazing. I think it's super important because, you know, with my clients, we talk a lot about getting people to buy with emotion and that's great in uh, the sales process. But when you're making decisions for your company, you definitely don't want to have emotion behind it. And mm -hmm. a lot of times I've been guilty of that, making emotional-based decisions that really have led us into some bad places. So having that smart data-backed decision is definitely the way to go, right? It is. And as founders, as entrepreneurs, we certainly sometimes have our blinders on. We have fully drunk the Kool-Aid of what we're building. And it can be a sobering yet really important process of constantly listening to what customers are asking for, what the market is telling us, and not necessarily completely blindly just going after what we feel is what, uh, you know, what we need to build based on our own experiences. So yeah, I, I definitely as well have had have had those those thoughts and have taken product teams down different roads based on, you know, my own pet projects without the ability to vet that with the broader market and over time. So when we use Koala to build Koala, and it's it's an exciting thing to be able to have something that's useful for us in our business and also pay it forward to our customers. I love that. And you talked earlier about the roller coaster that is a startup. <laughs> and I, I've said that many times before myself. One day I would feel like we are going to the moon. This is going to be the biggest thing ever. <laughs> I can see us ringing the bell at the stock exchange. It's going to be great. And the next day it's like, I got to update my resume. I am in trouble. <laughs> this is horrible. What is going on? What, do I, what am I doing and it's just every day is so up and down. It's crazy. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the the life of a startup founder, isn't it? It it really is. It is a um, it's a crazy roller coaster ride. Some of us 
you know, feed off of that energy. But you're right, one day you're on top of the world, the next day you're really wondering what the heck it is that you're doing. And, you know, good news is there's a lot of us out there having similar experiences. If, if anyone needs to talk about it, just reach out to a fellow founder. Um, and I, I find that to help combat the instability and volatility of starting something new, it's so helpful to have other parts of your life on lockdown, <laughs> if possible, so that you can ride that crazy wave because um, it's exhilarating and also, you know, can be pretty, pretty painful at times uh, as well. Very true. And having other parts of your life on lockdown is great advice. My first SaaS that we started, my wife was pregnant when we started. And oh boy, it was uh, <laughs> quite the interesting first couple of years in that product trying to get that thing going. Um, I love that you said you should have other founders you can reach out to. That's exactly so I have a program where I work with startup mm -hmm. founders and I help them get past some of the initial hurdles, initial struggles, basically help them not make the same mistakes I did when I was getting my first one started. So uh, it's great to see the interaction of founder and founder connect within our community that we've created because mm. there are so many things that other people have been able to overcome and accomplish that you're facing right now. Mm -hmm. that somebody can just say, hey, just do this and you're good to go. And it's so powerful. You talked about the ecosystem you have there in Boston. We've got one here in Arizona and lots of different kind of hubs where people are helping each other in a variety of ways. However you do it, I think it's super important, right, Sansi? It really is. It really is. I don't know how people get through um, if, if they don't have a group around them rallying for them, encouraging them. Um, so I think you're doing God's work with building the community you're building. And it's it's great. It's so, it's so helpful to pull yourself out. And also, you know, I know we're talking about the frustrations um, uh, and volatility of starting a company, but you have a lot of wins too. And when you have people around you that can help celebrate your wins and help pick you up when you're a little low, and that means everything. It really does. So, so I, I love that you're building that out there in Arizona and really grateful to have it here in Boston too. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I'm glad you mentioned the celebration of the wins. One of the things we do during our calls is let's talk about successes and what's gone well. And people will say, okay, we've achieved this. We've done this. And other one, other members of our community have told me, Hey, we saw that we, I saw that somebody else was winning and it motivated me that much more to go out and do it great so that I could be one of those people on the call saying we did this, we did that. And so it's really fun to see how it feeds off each other. That's cool. Yeah. At promo box, we had arguably way too many company values. I think we had 10 and I couldn't oh even remember them all myself. Oh man. Yeah. All right. At Koala, we just have a handful, but one of them was celebrate accomplishment. And I've actually carried that into my own personal life too. I mean, no need to rest on your laurels. You have to sort of acknowledge and then move on really quickly because there's a lot that we need to achieve in this life and with our companies, but to take just a brief moment and acknowledge that you did something pretty cool and then tell other people about it and have them do the same. I mean, it's those little, those little, you know, pump ups that really help us sustain when the, the weather is a little stormy. And yeah, I do that in my personal life too. Now, when there's a small win, um, I, I celebrate that and it's, it's fun to do it. And then you move on. Yeah, exactly. That's really, really cool. Well, let's talk about how you were able to get this thing going, get it off the ground and, and start gaining traction because you've made it to three years. I think that's fantastic. And a lot of companies don't get there. So how were you able to get past some of those initial hurdles? Well, I mean, it really goes back to our initial conversations around community. I was able to reflect before our discussion on the people that have really helped us 
along our koala journey. And um, a few of them I spoke with today, we regularly connect, we jump on Zooms, 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, and ask what's going on in each other's lives. But, you know, I think about the individuals that introduced us to our first koala customers and how those first koala customers then introduced us to our next um, cohort of customers. And the network, you know, the the friends that you keep and the people that believe in you that you believe in, um, they are the ones that are going to help you build this business, even though they might not be employees on your roster or investors on your cap table. They're highly invested in seeing you be successful and provide that value to the market. So really our traction, the way we've been able to build it initially, our GTM was really focused on our own personal friendships and, you know, professional network and reaching out and asking, you know, grab a cup of coffee, you know, jump on Zoom. Can I tell you what I'm up to? I'd love to know what you're up to. And I I don't think I end a single call without asking for introductions. Can I send a little bit more about who we are, what we're up to? And if you have a product leader or a product leader um, that's, uh, excuse me, a customer success focused product leader that you think would really love to learn about what we're doing, you think we provide some value, I would love to talk to them. And that simple ask at the end of pretty much every call um, has really helped me expand my own personal network. And I've met so many amazing people as a result of that simple ask for help. I think it's amazing. And I think that so many people don't do it probably out of fear. Uh, but it's something that I know has worked in other industries. I think of my buddy who is a mortgage broker, they do it and he does it very successfully. And just that little ask for help, by the way, people love to help people want to help mm -hmm. people. So that asking for help is a great way to approach it. I'm sure that's gained enormous amount of referrals for you. It really has. And no one has ever turned us down or I've never offended anyone for asking. And I send them a quick little forwardable email if they think of anyone and the the, introdu the introductions really trickle in. I had someone just the other day, I met them for the first time and had my simple ask, if you know of anyone that you trust, you think is amazing, you think would love talking, I would love to chat with them. And they referred me to four other product leaders that I had I'd never met and, or known previously. So people do, they, they want to help. And I, of course, reciprocate. I think putting that energy out to the universe is important. I always ask, is there any introduction I can make for you? Any way I can help? Because that give and take is, is so important. Since as startup founders, I feel like we ask so much of our communities and we take a lot that it's important for us to spend a little bit of our time also giving as much as we can um, to get that to get that out there. Yeah, I think that's so critical to make sure that you're giving back. I think it's super important to do. And you talked about community and you said it a few times. Are you, do you do you guys cultivate this community with your customers currently? Like can customers mm. interact with each other somehow? Yes. Yeah. So we've built a few different communities as a part of uh, Koala, of course. We have our um, our own personal networks and communities that we we nurture, and then we have those that are connected to our funding firms. Um, and then we've also built a community called Humans of CS. Um, when we first started on our Koala journey, we worked mostly with customer success leaders. This is chief customer officers, VPs of customer success, um, and we wanted to stay really close to this cohort. I mean, this is a frontline entity or team that's responsible for talking with customers day in and day out. And they're such a rich uh, channel for qualitative analytics. So we wanted to stay very close with them. So we built Humans of CS, I wanna say about two years ago now, now there are over a thousand CS leaders, a part of the community. We do have a Slack channel, it's completely free. 
And the value to us is that we get to put something good out there in the ether. And we also get to learn. We see what's important to CS leaders, what they talk about, what's frustrating them, what their goals are for this next year, when they ask for help, what they ask for. And it helps us from a marketing perspective, just understand what's the vernacular that they use. How do they, you know, what's the language that they're, that they're using? And when they talk about interacting with their product cohorts, you know, what's important to them. So really working with CS helped us expand to the product sector. And now we work primarily with, with CPOs, but um, yeah, we have our roots firmly planted in CS and the community was a large part of that. That's just terrific. I mean, having that community and having a place where people can congregate and talk about how they can help each other, but they also see you as kind of the leader and kind of the guide advisor is a amazingly powerful tool for a lot of different reasons, but a lot of companies aren't using that. It's, it's amazing. I think that back in the day, and I know when I was getting my started, my first SaaS in the mid 2000s, it was kind of like, we don't want our customers to talk to each other because uh, we're worried that the bad apples might influence the rest to start hating our product. And we didn't want that to happen. But now I think the common thinking, rightly so, is let's get them all talking to each other. And then they create this sense mm. of community and they feel bonded to it and they'll stick around mm -hmm. longer. Right. You're totally right. You're totally right. And and I, I'll be remiss if I didn't say that we do also have a customer specific community on Slack as well. And yeah, I remember I remember back in the day that was a scary thing because maybe your mm -hmm. pricing was volatile. You don't want them sharing pricing specifics. Maybe some get more services than the others because they believed in you earlier than the next cohort. There are a lot of reasons why sometimes, you know, didn't want them talking necessarily, but you're right. I think, you know, get them together, relationships and interactions and community building is currency. When you help people meet other people that they start to trust that they can learn from, that's a value add. Um, and our customers are incredible. So we love that we've been able to bring a lot of them together virtually. And sometimes we also try to meet up in the real world too. And it's always a great conversation when we do. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's fantastic. I think it works great in SaaS. And obviously in what I'm doing, we have a community of, like I mentioned, software founders mm. around the world. And it's so fun to see people connect that you never would have guessed. Like there's one of my members in South Africa who became great friends with another one of my clients in the UK because mm. they kind of found a common bond. They kind of had some um, common likes and they just took off from there and they created a partnership, they created a friendship. It's, it's so fun to see what can happen. And because of that, people are more connected and, and more, uh, more sticky as customers yeah. of yours because mm -hmm. of that community. I think it's amazing. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. It's, you know, if you're thinking of building a community as a part of your product offering or building a community from a marketing perspective or just to stay close to your customer cohort, it doesn't have to be complicated. We spun up a Zoom call that was our community hours, our very first one. I think we had 70 people join. We promoted on LinkedIn, had a few discussion leaders. I mean, it didn't take a lot of time and it took off from there. And then we created our free Slack channel and we invited, you know, maybe it was a, well, all 70 people from that call. And then from there, it just grew and grew and grew. So it's really not a heavy lift. Um, and the value that we get is so great. I would love to, of course, have us get together more often. We're doing that now, um, now that we have a marketing team that's helping to nurture the community, but it doesn't have to be complicated when you first start. You can keep it very low fi 
Yeah, no kidding. That's super, super cool. Uh, you, you guys talk about frontline intelligence a lot. And yeah. Koala, you guys are doing awesome stuff with that. Can you explain or give us an overview of what exactly that is? Yes. Yeah. So we talk about frontline intelligence, that we're a frontline intelligence platform, that we work with frontline teams. Basically, what that means is it's any team member that's having a conversation with a prospect or a customer. So frontline teams are having these direct connects. So that means it could be pre-sales, sales teams working with prospects, marketers interviewing prospects or customers, customer success, support and services, anyone having those conversations. And the reason why they're a part of frontline is because given the nature of our, our interactions with customers, we're amassing a gold mine of insights that are just stored in our brain for those connects, or they're stored in Google Notes, Maybe they are in, excuse me, Google Docs. Maybe they're in CRM notes. Maybe they're in uh, intercom or Slack chats, emails going back and forth. I mean, we found on average companies have nine platforms that they use to manage their interactions with and about customers. Yeah, I, I know it's, wow. it's crazy. So yeah. we bring all of that data together. We aggregate it in one place and we allow leaders to mine it. So that's what we mean by frontline. We mean those direct connects with customers and with prospects, because we fundamentally believe that mining that information will give you everything that you need to understand how to build your product. That's fantastic. And so I didn't, I thought it was only on the back end side with success and support and all that, but you're telling me sales uses it as well. So is it something that once you make the connection and you move them through your sales pipeline and eventually you close them, that now your support onboarding success people are able to see all of that and they have insight into all those conversations and what happened? Is that how it works? Yeah, it, it does. And and um, I appreciate this question because it's it's one of the things that makes Koala unique. Well, well, two things that really make us unique, but one of them is that we're not a workflow transformation tool. We're not looking for teams to do all of their work in the Koala platform. We allow them to do their work wherever it's being done today, whether it's in Slack, uh, G Suite, um, Zoom, or Gong. And wherever it's being done, we bring that data in via our one-click integration suite. We have um, a few hundred one-click connectors. So we automatically carry that data into Koala. And it's typically wow. mined by uh, senior leadership um, in addition to senior analysts or product managers and researchers. So um, it's we don't often find a ton of the actual frontline contributors in the Koala platform um, because they're they're fast at work doing their their day-to-day -day tasks. Um, and what we do is we automatically bring in their uh, conversations and their notes, and then we allow the analysts or the leadership to take a look at that across timelines, across customers, across team members, and understand and ask questions like, should we integrate with Slack or Zendesk next? And then look at the body of data, or maybe they're wondering, how many of our customers are talking about this specific competitor? And when they do, what are they asking for? How are they vetting us? And then pulling that data down, or it might be something around where's the risk in our onboarding process, our customers experiencing a frustration in a certain area. And when they do, how do they talk about that frustration? And what does that mean for how we improve that experience? So it's um, that's how the collection works and the, you know, the automation component works as far as bringing the data in. Um, and it's been fascinating to see, uh, you know, before Koala, it would take weeks to get at this data. And as soon as you, you know, bring it together, it's atrophied. Um, so having a real time view has been, has been pivotal for a lot of our customers. 
Yeah, I can certainly imagine. I think that's amazing. I can think back to a lot of situations where I would have liked to have that in my companies for sure. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this is awesome. And and we're running out of time here, but I want to know, you guys have been able to achieve some really strong early success. What advice would you have for other startup and early stage founders who are trying to grow their companies? Sure. Uh, you know, building on the community aspect, I know we've mentioned that so many times, so I'll, I'll put that aside. Um, and, and the other thing I'll say is when you have an idea or a value that you think you want to bring to market, I mean, maybe this feels table stakes, but just have as many conversations as you can with the person that you think would be the buyer or the champion of your product or service. They will give you so much rich information about how they would use something like what you're intending on building um, and might help you help you avoid some landmines of going down pathways that in the end, wouldn't have been profitable or helpful pathways. Um, so I would say that's that's one thing, absolutely. And second thing is the level of conviction that we have in the products and services that we're building and the companies that we're creating is incredibly important. We talked about that roller coaster ride that happens when you're building something. So how you feel about what you're building um, and the level of conviction you have and the value you're bringing to market really is so much of the battle because you'll get a lot of no's from customers, from, from, uh, from investors, from people that just might not understand uh, the value. So I would say, you know, fortify yourself and your mind and your emotions um, for the journey and have as many conversations as possible with the people that you believe are going to see value from what you're building. That's fantastic advice. I definitely couldn't agree more. It's super, super important to make sure you do all that. Well, Sansi, this has gone really fast because I've been thoroughly <laughs> engaged and loved everything you've said. So I want to make sure everybody can learn more about you and Koala. What are the best ways to reach out or to learn more? Yes, please. So you can find me um, on LinkedIn. It's just forward slash Sansiere. If you want to include in the show notes, S-O-N-C-I-A-R-Y. And then um, also you can find out more about Koala at koala.io. I'm not on, um, I'm only on LinkedIn for social media. I just keep my, my day really focused. So um, if you want to email me, uh, it's sunsiere at koala.io as well. Please reach out. We'd love to get to know you. Perfect. And yeah, we will put all that in the show notes to make sure that everything's good to go there. But wow, this has been so much fun, Sansi. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the invitation. I love the conversation. Likewise. And thank you all for coming. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you're on the podcast, make sure you are subscribed to the show. You don't want to miss out on any of the cool, amazing guests like Sansi that are coming up in the next couple of weeks. So hit that subscribe button. And if you have any comments or any guest suggestions, please send that my way. Happy to, to chat with you about it. So thank you for coming and we will see you next time. Take care.